This is your host, Grant Vermeer, Naval Academy Class of 2017, and I'm your Academy Insider. It's my goal to be your guide through the Naval Academy experience by sharing my stories and providing you inside information into the life of a midshipman. Academy Insider is in no way officially affiliated with the United States Naval Academy. All of the content on Academy Insider is my own and does not reflect the views of the United States Naval Academy, the United States Navy, nor the Department of Defense. Welcome to this episode of the Academy Insider Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the Plebe Summer Organization. Now, in future upcoming episodes, we'll be telling a ton of stories about Plebe Summer. And so in order for you to be better able to understand them, I want to walk you through the Plebe Summer Organization. Especially for those of you without any prior military experience, understanding the organization of military units is extremely tough to comprehend. Today, we're going to go step-by-step through all of the different levels of leadership in regards to the Plebe Summer organization, so that way you can better understand the role and responsibility of each team and unit level of leadership. And with us today, we're extremely lucky to have Christian Blanchard, who is one of my best friends, but also a former member of 26th Company a 26-company platoon commander during Plebe Summer, and again, a tremendous resource, incredibly intelligent about Plebe Summer, and has a ton of great stories with us today. So he'll be able to provide a ton of more insight into this topic, and this is going to be a really awesome episode, so let's get into it. All right. Hey, Christian, thanks so much for coming on and being a part of the Academy Insider Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So for anyone who's a big fan of Academy Insider, you probably know Christian. He's been very involved. But for those of you who do not know Christian, if you don't mind just providing them with a little background, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your family and then what brought you to the Naval Academy. Just give everyone a little bit of background about who you are. Sure. My dad was actually in the Navy. He did a 27-year career between – he was enlisted on submarines and then went surface warfare as an officer. Um, So we moved a whole lot. That was obviously – my entire childhood, I was exposed to the Navy and the military life. He didn't go to the Naval Academy, but I found out about it as a young teenager and just kind of latched on to it. Uh, I actually wanted to be an astronaut. So that was a big motivation for me, yeah. uh, kind of getting to the Academy. And uh, then I found the Marine Corps. Yeah. And that became, that was a pretty big shift. And that was my uh, primary motivation for the rest of school. What else? Yeah, let's... Uh... Give everyone a shout out out of of your company that you were in. Yeah, yeah, I was in Twenty Six Company with oh, Grant. Yeah. Hey, Very ride proud. rough, baby, ride rough. Yeah, ride rough. Very proud about that. We have a really tight class from our company, as you know, obviously. And uh, yeah, shameless plug that I'm getting married pretty soon, and uh, mention that because uh, that's our those are our reunions. Uh, weddings are always so far have been really the one opportunity for us to all kind of see each other. So it looks like we'll have well over a dozen of us in a couple months. Absolutely. And, and so what's funny is when you bring that up, it always reminds me, and as cheesy as it is, there's a verse in the Navy Blue and Gold where it talks about after yeah. graduation, you get scattered far and wide. Uh, Dude, I think about that every time and, and it, we it's see just, each other again. It's just so amazing because it's so true that when you guys do come back together, when your paths do cross again, you do tell you tell so many stories of where you've been, what you've done, and the love that you have for each other never goes away. Like Christian and everyone from Twenty Six Company in Class Seventeen, like they will always be family. And I'm just so excited yeah, for all of us to get together and have a good time. So yeah, it'll be fun. And congratulations oh, to to Mr. Blanchard here. Thank you. Got to be you. a married man. All right, but here we go. We'll be jumping into the content here now. So. Uh, again, we're going to be covering the structure and organization of Plebe Summer, uh, specifically including the roles and responsibilities of all the different units within Plebe Summer. So for the class of 2020's Plebe Summer, I was actually fortunate enough to serve as the regimental commander for the class of 2020. And then Christian, during his Plebe Summer, served as a platoon commander for 26 platoon. But for everyone listening, probably like, well, what the heck is a regimental commander? What the heck is a platoon commander? So we're going to go through and explain it. So we're going to start at the top. So during Plebe Summer, there is one regiment, the 4th Class Regiment, and that comprises everyone in the entire regiment. So Christian's the number guy. Christian, how many people are we talking about when we talk about a regiment? 
regimen is usually about 1,200. We had exactly, uh, we had 1,209 on induction day for the entire fourth class regiment. Absolutely. So the fourth class regiment, again, about 1,200 plebes at the start of I-Day, plus the entirety of the detailing staff as well. And then that regiment, so it goes from regiment down to battalions. So within the one regiment, the fourth class regiment, there are two battalions, Port Battalion and Starboard Battalion. Now, that is just another organizational, like, step in the chain of command because now each battalion has a certain number of companies. So within Port Battalion, that is going to be Alpha through Hotel Company. And then the Starboard Battalion is India through Papa Company. And then they also have administrative control over Tango Company, which we'll talk about a little later. But Tango Company is basically where all of the midshipmen who want to begin their out-processing and DOR drop on request, they will go to Tango Company. So again, you have the 4th Class Regiment, which then drops down to the battalion. And Christian, numbers guy, what are we talking about roughly in a battalion? It just cuts it in half. So about 600 or 600 plebes per battalion. And you mentioned the detail staff as well. If my memory's right, there are about 250 detailers yep. in the entire, between the first class and the second class. Absolutely. So, yeah, about 1,200 plebes, 250 detailers. So we're just shy of about 1,500 people in the regiment, yeah. which breaks down to about 700 per battalion. Yeah. And then it breaks down to the companies. So as you note, there are multiple companies now within the battalion. So we have Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, ABCDE, Echo. Well, gosh. Uh, golf. There you go. Golf <laughs> and hotel. There we go. Uh, obviously, I'm not good at the alphabet, but, you know, there's the Naval Academy education for you, I guess. Yeah. But so within each company, now numbers guy, Christian, what are we talking about, about the size of a company? 80 plebes is a standard company, and then eight squad leaders, two platoon commanders, and then staff. You're talking about 16 detailers or so yep. per company? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So we're, I mean, we're talking roughly in the 90 range of people yeah. per company, plebes and detailers Total. combined. Yeah. Now, as we break down, each company will also have a company officer, which mm-hmm. for those of you who are familiar with the military, the company officer is generally an 03, sometimes an 04. So a Navy lieutenant or Marine Corps captain or potentially a major in the Marine Corps sometimes act as company officers. Now, each company will also have an SCL, which stands for Senior Enlisted Leader. So that senior enlisted leader, again, is a senior enlisted. So for the Navy, we're talking E7 and above, so chief petty officers or senior chief petty officers. And then in the Marine Corps, because Christian, I'll let you explain this one, but basically it's E6 and above in the Marine Corps. And Christian, I'll let you kind of give some background on that. The organization's just a little bit different in the Marine Corps. There's a major leadership step in the Navy that occurs between E6 and E7. So in the Navy, you go from being a first-class petty officer to being a chief petty officer, and that's where it's a significant step with regard to leadership and status in the Navy. That step occurs one rank earlier in the Marine Corps. You go from being a non-commissioned officer as a sergeant, as an E5, to being a staff non-commissioned officer as an E6, a staff sergeant. So during plebe summer and at the Naval Academy in general, you'll find uh, E6 staff sergeants, and E7 gunnery sergeants fulfilling the same roles as E7 chief petty officers and E8 senior chief petty officers. Absolutely. Thanks for that explanation. And so then with that, that's the company leadership. And now each company has two platoons that fall underneath it. And so that platoon will have a number. So you can be anywhere from first platoon to 30th platoon. And so when we talk about platoons during plebe summer, this will directly correlate to their academic year company. So when we talk about being 26 company Rough Riders, me and Christian both for our time at the academy, that means we were in 26th platoon during plebe summer. So for all the people in 25th and 26th platoon, that comprises November company. So mm-hmm. my, during my plebe summer, I was in November company, 26th platoon. And so that's where that organization. Now, dropping down to the smallest unit level is the squads. So platoons, we talked about companies having about 80 plebes. So again, split that in half. A platoon has about 40 plebes. And mm-hmm. then each squad roughly has roughly 10 plebes. And so your squads are going to be led by a squad leader. Now, that squad leader can either be a first class or a second class midshipman. 
and it is their job to literally train the plebes day in and day out. Like that is the most impact that you can have on like 10 individuals is being a squad leader because you are with them 24 seven. If you have any input on that, Christian. In my opinion, a squad leader is the most important role in all plebe summer. And I think that translates directly into the fleet that the lowest levels of leadership are the most important to me in the most significant way, because that's where I don't like using cliches. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the most tactical decisions take place. That's where in plebe summer, that's where plebes learn the most is from their squad leader, whether it's good or bad. That's where they have the best or the worst impressions of the Naval Academy is based on the example that's set by the squad leader. Absolutely. And and as you hear stories and as plebes write letters back home, you'll probably very frequently hear about the squad yeah. leader. You spend the most time with them. You spend the most and time they have with them. The most control over your life. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I remember my two guys. So I had uh, Midshipman Ensign Cox. He was my first <laughs> first set. Sorry. Uh, squad leader. <laughs> oh, classic. I mean, that was his. So funny enough, guys. All I right. wonder if they follow this. Do you know if, if any of those guys? I've had a couple of them comment <laughs> on my stuff, so I really hope they listen yeah. to us. But Good. to this day, the funniest introduction of all time, Pleep Summer. I'm pretty Yeah, honest. I think about his all the time, too. So this guy, and this guy's a goofball. Like, I grew to love him so much into the academic year and after graduation. But this guy, he walks up and he introduces himself and he's like, my name is Midshipman Ensign Cox. And then he paused and waited for everyone to laugh. And he was like, if you ever laugh at my name, I will end your life. And everyone was just like, uh. He was right in front of me when he said it, too. (laughs) And And let's clarify, his name's spelled C-O-X. C-O-X, absolutely. And and now, look, I'm an extremely immature guy, right? Like, I was about to start chuckling, and then I found out he was in squad. Dude, right? Right in front of me. How are you not going to be? My name is Midshipman Ensign Cox. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, They told me not to laugh. That was, like, the one thing I learned about Pleep Summer was, like, don't laugh and don't bring attention to yourself. This is, like, six hours into it. Yeah, this is six hours in. We're really off to a rough start. But, I mean, like, these are stories that we laugh about now to this day and tell to this day. And, like... But that's that's what being a squad leader, that's what being at the squad and the platoon yeah. level is all about, yeah. right? Like you have such an impact on the lives of all of the plebes. All right. So just to recap here. So you have the fourth class regiment. We're talking about 1,200 plebes. That breaks into two battalions, the port battalion and the starboard battalion, which roughly have about 600 plebes each. Now, those battalions are in control of different companies. So again, port battalion is alpha through hotel company. And then uh, Starboard Battalion is India Company through Papa Company, and then they also take Tango Company. Now, again, when we're talking about size of companies, we're looking at about roughly 80 plebes per company, which then breaks into the platoons, which are numbered platoons. So 1st to 30th platoon, which have roughly about 40 plebes in each, and then we break down to the squad level. In each squad, 1st squad, 2nd squad, 3rd squad, 4th squad, all have roughly 10 plebes each. So that's what the organization is at large. Now we're going to kind of dive a little bit into the roles and responsibilities of each of these levels of leadership and kind of what everyone does. So I'm going to take the first one, which is the regiment, which is the regimental staff. So I had such an amazing experience. And honestly, to this day, like it is an unparalleled experience to be the regimental commander of Plebe Summer. So... I mean, it makes me sound way more important than it was, but like I was the highest ranking midshipman during plebe summer, which is pretty crazy. And it it was my role and responsibility basically to report to the officer in charge of plebe summer, which for military people is an 05, a commander in the Navy, about everything going on within the fourth class regiment. What I appreciated about the regimental staff, and sometimes some people don't realize this, and these are a lot of tough conversations that I had to have with my staff when I was a regimental commander, it is not the regimental staff's job to train the plebes, right? Like we still have to uphold the standards. We got to enforce anything if we see it. But if you want to have day-to-day interaction with the plebes, do not apply for the regimental staff. That is not the role of the regimental staff. It is not the job of the regimental staff. The regimental staff's job is to do everything they can to support the platoons and the companies to conduct training in the best way possible and to help them out so that way we can better the plebes. Because again, at the company and the platoon level, 
and down, that is where the real training happens. It is the regimental staff's job to make sure that all of those units, those smaller units, have everything they need in order to train effectively. And if they needed something, guess what? That's my job to communicate with the officer in charge of Pleep Summer to get them the resources that they needed. So, again, at the regimental level and the regimental commander, it's a very high level overall execution, morale, welfare, just everything that's going on in the regiment falls under the scope and responsibility of the regimental commander. Now, kind of the reason that I wanted to be the regimental commander was during my plebe summer, I remember that the regimental commander gave uh, what we call a fireside chat. And those fireside chats resonated extremely well with me. And by the time that I made my way to become a second-class midshipman in the brigade and was thinking about plebe summer, I knew that I wanted to be able to share my story with as many plebes as possible. And the best way to share my story was to be the regimental commander because I got to have these fireside chats. And what a fireside chat is, is the regimental commander gets to sit down with every single company in plebe summer, just the plebes. I got to kick all the detailers out. So it's just me and the plebes. And I just got to talk to them. I got to share my story. I got to share my hardship during plebe summer and be like, hey, look, I was about to leave. I had a really hard time during plebe summer. I let my emotions control my experience and I was like homesick. I was miserable and I had a very defeated attitude and I didn't think I wanted to be here. I didn't think I wanted to do the military. And now look at me, right? Like I have completely made the transformation. I have bought in to what the Naval Academy is all about. And so the last thing that I wanted was for any plebe to make a permanent decision based off of temporary emotions. And that was something that I realized, not during plebe summer, that was something I realized years down the road, was I almost made such a big mistake in my life because the Naval Academy has literally been the best decision that I've ever made in my life was sticking it out. Um, so I just wanted to be able to share my story in the hopes that it would positively impact even just a single plebe during plebe summer. Um, and that's really why I wanted um, to get into that. So on the regimental staff now, so that's the reg commander. The uh, regimental staff will have an XO, an executive officer. That's my number two in command. That's the guy that I would consider my doer. So if I ever realized that I needed something done, I'd be like, hey, XO, get this done. Like, can you, like, hey, we need this, uh, make it happen. And so the XO was my doer. And so my XO, Matt, like, he was absolutely phenomenal. Like, he was unbelievable. I can't speak more highly of him. Uh, my man's out in Hawaii now as a SWO, and he was just fantastic. Now, he wasn't as good as my battalion year XO, and I'm only saying that because that guy's currently on the podcast right now. But, yeah, so during the academic you better year... better talk about me that nice whenever Matt's on the show. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, for those of you with the inside joke there, so uh, Christian was actually my, during the academic year, second semester, first year, I was the 6th Battalion Commander. And so when we get to the academic year, we'll do another recap of the organization and structure of the Brigade of Midshipmen in the academic year, because it's a little different than Plebe Summer. But I was the 6th Battalion Commander, and Christian was my XO, and he was the best, and I absolutely love him. <laughs> So, yep. All right. Anyway, uh, kind of moving on there. So there's an XO. He gets stuff done. I've had phenomenal XOs in everything that I've done. So I've been an extremely lucky man. Uh, they make my life super easy. The next piece is the ops. So regimental ops. Now, Plebe Summer has a tremendously complex schedule with constantly moving pieces. I think the regimental ops has the hardest job in the entirety of Pleep Summer from this sheer like stress of making sure everyone gets where they need to go and that everything is running like how it's supposed to and going and playing with the schedule. Like being the ops is extremely stressful, but it is an extremely crucial and important piece of Pleep Summer. Um, there's also responsibilities as well. There's just a lot that like really falls directly into your responsibility and, and you just have to handle it. Absolutely. Without a doubt. 
And then there's also an, an admin officer on the regimental staff, an adjutant. The adjutant is in charge of the watch bill. Um, so you stand watch over plebe summer, both as detailers and plebes. So the adjutant's main responsibility is being in charge of that watch bill. We have a regimental drill officer who's in charge of all of the drill. Uh, so during plebe summer, you do a lot of drill, don't you, Christian? Yes, you do. <laughs> and so they're in charge of making sure that all drill parades and like the actual drill competitions are going well. They provide a ton of training. There's a PMO, the physical missions officer, PMO, and they're in charge of making sure that everyone is meeting the physical mission during plebe summer. Now we have the honor and character liaison, which is kind of the liaison to the plebe summer staff for all of the honor and character classes, the ethics classes that you take during plebe summer, uh, which is cool. And then there's a safety officer who's in charge of making sure that everything's done well, but also tracking all sick and like injured chits. We talk about chits. A chit is a medical authorization to be exempt from certain responsibilities or obligations. So you're sick. All right. Well, you're exempt from all activity during the day and you can be SIQ, which stands for sick in quarters. And then same thing. If you're injured, you can get a chit to be like, hey, I hurt my uh, shins. I have shin splints, which means I am exempt from running, but I still need to do all upper body activities, et cetera, et cetera. So the safety officer will track all of that. Now, as we talk about staffs, all the different staffs, like battalion staff, will have basically all of those same positions. And then the company will have a couple less, but they still meet all of the same obligations. But that is the what a staff is comprised of. But that's all the boring stuff. We're not going to worry about that. What I really want to jump into now is making our way down to the battalion. So the battalion, again, it's basically an mere image of what the regimental staff is, but now more focused on a smaller number of individuals to make sure that they're meeting all of the things that are necessary. But now we jump down to the companies because this is really the big one. This is where you start to have direct interaction with the plebes. So I'm going to let Christian go here. Christian, if you don't mind telling the people like, what's the role and responsibility of a company commander? And can you explain kind of how company commanders are selected and how the company commanders work, like the difference between each set during plebe summer? Yeah, absolutely. So the entire purpose of plebe summer is to indoctrinate new civilians to lead them in the oath of office at the beginning of a summer and over the course of the 50 days of plebe summer, indoctrinate them and transform them into uh, indoctrinate may have some negative connotations in a positive way. I mean, introduce them and expose them and teach them. And again, like transform them into the ways of the Navy, specifically the Naval Academy, turn them into midshipmen and then present those plebes to the brigade of midshipmen at the end of the year as prepared midshipmen that will succeed and become future Naval and Marine Corps officers. So that is the primary responsibility. It's the responsibility of every detailer, but that responsibility is vested in a very specific way in the company commanders. So that's a midshipman who's responsible for that development of all 80 plebe midshipmen in the company. The plebe summer staffs, uh, the entire staff, from the regiment down is all selected in the spring semester of your second class year. So the junior year, there's a series of interviews that take place. It's pretty serious at the regimental level. The entire, the commandant of midshipmen, who's a colonel or a captain conducts a great series of interviews to figure out who Grant was going to be, who the regimental commander <laughs> was going to be uh, at the company level. It's a little less formal. Typically, the way our company did it, um, an email was sent out and anybody could put their name in the hat. And then company commander and every position actually is pretty competitive because when you company commander isn't necessarily the most prestigious position. Sometimes individuals are dead set on being squad leaders. And sometimes the company officers of the academic year switch things around. But the company commander oversees everything about the company and a way Captain Green, who's one of my mentors worded at one time that the unit commander is responsible for the soul of the company. So mm -hmm. the company commander represents the image of what that company is. He's not necessarily always going to be the one doing everything. He oversees the entire, he or she oversees the entire operation and 
is instructing the other detailers what to do. Some of the unique responsibilities company commanders have are uh, in kind of a ceremonial way, they lead parades. Yep. So they stand out in front of the company. They lead drill for the major events, particularly parades. Probably the most high-profile responsibility a company commander has, who honestly, company commander is often more behind the scenes. There is direct interaction with the plebes, but a lot less, significantly less than platoon commanders and squad leaders. But every day, every night at Blue and Gold, yeah. uh, which I don't know. Is everybody familiar with Blue and Gold? We have not talked about it yet on the podcast, so if you don't mind explaining what Blue and Gold Great. is. Yeah, so every night uh, during plebe summer and then weekly during the academic year, all the plebes right before lights out, taps, which is bedtime, they all gather together in the passageway, in the P-way, and it's an opportunity for squad leaders, for platoon commanders to talk with the plebes, address any injuries, kind of debrief the day a little bit at a personal level, at the squad level. Yeah. That's also when mail's handed out and uh, <laughs> detailers not investigate. They uh, inspect <laughs> mail. For contraband. Any contraband, yeah. That's right. Some pretty funny contraband Get that contraband stories. out of here. Give us uh, one good contraband story. <laughs> Do it. I know, so I know which one we're thinking about. Yeah. I think we're thinking about the same one. Probably. Wasn't it Tristan? Absolutely Tristan. Tristan. I'm yeah. absolutely talking about Tristan Tello. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many pairs it was, but this is the funny thing because a lot of times friends from back home will send really outrageous and silly things to their friends, to the plebes, because they know that the detailers have to inspect it. And we're really <laughs> looking for like junk food, caffeine stuff that they're not allowed to have. At magazines, I don't think they can have stuff like that. And our, I don't know who it was that pulled it out. We had some really like hard detailers, oh, like yeah, we did. pretty old school guys. Like we definitely got hazed, and they were just very like it was kind of like Full Metal Jacket kind of scenario. <laughs> I mean, they were not to toot their horn too much, but they were old school. They were awesome. And I'm just gonna pick somebody. I'm gonna say like Ermanita, like one of the yeah. uh, sure. Why just, not? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kinda, guy and he pulls out it was something like three or four pairs of the most beautiful skimpy little lace thongs <laughs> but what they and, say what they say on them christian oh, what they remember. say oh all right well i'm gonna cut in here on yeah. the backside of said garments were the words booty camp I remember because Tristan was in my squad, so I like yeah, I was standing yeah, next yeah. to there and like and and look at I was like standing there right there as as whoever the detail oh, was pulled geez, him out and he's man. like, oh, are these for you, Mister Tello? Are these for you? <laughs> you enjoying booty camp? Like you having fun? Oh man, I remember yeah, just and, dying at that mail call. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's crazy being being a plebe. Obviously, you feel like your detailers just are just are like so quick on their feet. Like you enjoy booty camp, Tello. <laughs> but then when you become a detailer, it's like some kind of transformation happens and you have the same kind of stuff with mail and contraband and everything. It's uh Yeah. You just inherit something. Absolutely. That was outrageous. I didn't remember that they said that. Oh yeah, that oh I remember that to this day. Right. We also had we also a couple just more contraband stories just because we're on the topic. One of our company mates had an uncle who went to West Point, and so we would constantly send a mail with like West Point flags and West Point uh, yeah. gear and stuff, and that was always easy attention brought easy to prey. you. Yeah. <laughs> easy prey, absolutely. So as we talk about this, for any parents, loved ones, whoever may be listening, I hope these stories can show one of two things: one. All of the detailers will inspect the packages you send. So that leaves you with two options. One, don't embarrass them. My mom would send little notes on the top of all my packages like, hey, boo, love you so much, miss you so much. And like, uh, I would boo. Just, yeah, um, so for everyone who doesn't know, my nickname is Boo. It was growing up all the way back home. So you, absolutely. If you are from the Bay Area, Northern California, like no one knows me as Grant. Like I am Boo. So that's what my family calls me. So they were sending me all this mail like, hey, Boo, like love you. miss you so much. Oh, and my detailers had a field day with that. So a couple tricks of the trade here. They can't open sealed envelopes. So if you want to send something lovey-dovey, then seal it in an envelope within the package, right? 
Tip number one. Two, if you are trying to embarrass your plebe, then put it right on top. Absolutely. If you're looking to embarrass the person that you're sending stuff to, people will inspect the stuff. So feel free and have a field day. Send some booty camp underwear. It's fantastic. It's classic. All right. But we got to there from talking about the company commander and talking yeah, about yeah, blue yeah. and gold. So, so that's about um, the plebes at the end of the day are sent. I don't remember the times exactly. I think it's like 9 o'clock. They're sent. They get 30 minutes of personal time to take care of laundry, write letters, write their thoughts of the day, which we can get to later. And then at 9.30, they come out, and there's like five to ten minutes of mail distribution, talking to the squad leaders, talking and everything. And then it's blue and gold. The company commander silences everybody, and then maybe a few company-wide announcements by the ops or the admin. They just have to get some practical things out of the way. And the company commander gives his blue and gold speech. And it's designed to be this, I don't know, just, just this motivating speech about anything, about the Naval Academy, about life, leadership, uh, just literally, uh, you know. Yeah, life, uh, leadership, upcoming events. Justin Reed, the company commander, whenever I was uh, platoon commander, he gave a great speech the night before the first parade or the, the first parade of our set. We were second set. And he like pulled something from this book about military leadership and just kind of drew it all together. And those are some of the biggest kind of, I, I keep wanting to say things like spiritual. I, what I mean is like, um, intangibles, you know, you have a lot of really like physical memories of plebe summer, but some of the greatest, like motivating intangible kind of emotionally stirring. That's what I'm looking for. Emotionally stirring moments are these blue and gold speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, good company commanders can like really reach in and, um, and inspire the plebes in a really good way. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the, I think one of the most significant direct interactions that the company commander is going to have with his plebes. Absolutely. And just for everyone listening. So a little pop quiz here is how many platoons are in a company? Give you a couple seconds here to answer. Mr. Blanchard, what's the know. answer? What's the answer? Two. Two. Two platoons, one company. Now, what's cool about Plebe Summer is there are two sets of detailers. So after about three weeks, the detailers will turn over, so you actually get two sets of detailers. And so the company commanders, what we're talking about here at the company level, the company commanders, they will. it'll always be one of the sets will be someone yeah, from – the first platoon, and then the other set will be from the second platoon. So for us in November company, we had a 25th platoon, someone who was in the 25th company during the academic year who acted as the company commander. And then for the second set of Plebe Summer, we had someone from the 26th company during the academic year come in as a company commander. So you will get one of each for sure. And that's significant too because every academic year company, they tend to have very different personalities. And so at the platoon level, those personalities are going to manifest themselves just at the platoon. But at the company level, you get uh, kind of a different taste. You get a, a broader perspective about the brigade as a whole just by getting two different leadership personalities from the different companies. Absolutely. All right, let's drop down to the platoon level. So again, platoon level, these will be numbers. So anywhere from 1st to 30th platoon during plebe summer, which again directly correlates to your academic year company. So again, me and Christian, we're we claim we are from the twenty sixth company, which means during our time at the academy, we are in twenty sixth company, which again during plebe summer meant we are a part of twenty sixth platoon. Um, now every platoon has a platoon commander, and during the class of twenty twenties plebe summer, the twenty sixth platoon had the greatest platoon commander of all time. Mr. Christian Blanchard. Greatest platoon commanders. I at least got to share it. We had Dave SB too. True. You're right. I was trying to get a little compliment in there for you. But but absolutely for Dave SB as well. It was honestly a result of everything that our detailers did for us that made the detail staff from 26 platoon, again, be so awesome. But Christian, if you don't mind, we talked about the roles of the company commander. What's the role of the platoon commander? What's a platoon commander look like on a day-to-day basis? And with that, why did you want to do that job? Why did you want to be a platoon commander? So I think the easiest way to divide up platoon commander responsibilities is is kind of into two pretty specific parts. The first is pretty obvious. As platoon commander, you're responsible to and accountable for 
40 plebe midshipmen mm-hmm. and those uh you have four squads as well so you've got four squads of 10 plebes each and that's at during my plebe summer it was two second class midshipmen squad leaders and two first class midshipmen squad leaders mm-hmm. and they report directly to me about the state of their plebes the training of the plebes physical health safety mental health and safety literally everything like i said the squad leaders have the most direct involved role of any detailers and i'm the first midshipman leadership to whom that status is reported and then that's a chain of command then that goes up to the company commander as necessary the most unique thing about the platoon commander position is that it's the lowest level of uh, detailer leadership that has other detailers reporting to him. So the platoon commander has four squad leaders. The squad leader's responsibility is to lead plebe midshipmen. But now as platoon commander, I had four squad leaders reporting directly to me about the physical health and safety, the mental health and safety, everything about the 40 platoons in my command. So that's a unique leadership challenge because obviously for, particularly for the first class squad leaders that you're, responsible to that are uh, that you're leading essentially yeah that, that, i mean let's say friend. how it is they're, they're they, reporting to you right like you are yeah. you are there in this point you are their yeah. operational commander but it's yeah. weird because you guys are really good friends yeah <laughs> we went through sleep summer together i was particularly close with uh, one of my roommates was was one of my squad leaders and then my other roommate was the company commander i think we did a really good job about that because we took ourselves seriously but not too seriously and we never really felt the need to be adversary about much at all i think we did a good job of being on the same page and communicating well which communication is everything everywhere in life yeah but Um, i'm just gonna butt in really quick one of the really unique things about being a detailer and that you get from being a part of the plebe summer detail is experiencing real peer leadership for the first time there it is because like There is something so difficult about like, hey, I'm really good friends with this person, but you need to have a very serious conversation with them if they're not upholding the standard or meeting the expectations or not accomplishing what they need to accomplish. And when you add the rank structure of like having squad to platoon and platoon to company where you guys are technically like you're all midshipmen first class at the end of the day, like you're in the same class. But plebe summer adds this rank that the plebe see as like, oh no, this is a, like this is different. Like they see someone with three stripes like on their shoulder board. Yeah, like, it's like significant, it, it's significant, up. right? And so it is very crazy because for the detailers, it doesn't seem like much. It just seems like you're working with your friends. But to the plebes, it's real, right? Like there is a real distinction between the different levels of leadership, and that you have to treat that very seriously as a detailer, which adds a, a whole nother dynamic of leadership in that peer leadership aspect. It's really, really cool, but really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now you said there are two parts about yeah. mainly about being a platoon commander. Let's jump to number two. So that first part is the leadership aspect. Uh, as platoon commander, I owned 40 plebe midshipmen, four squad leaders responsible to and accountable for them. The second part is the platoon commander is responsible for drill for his platoon, which is one of the big things that attracted me to it. I had the privilege of serving on the uh, Naval Academy silent drill platoon, the Jolly Rogers. I did that for the first three years of the academy. Loved it. We were responsible. We spun rifles and everything. If anybody, anybody listening to the podcast has seen (laughs) the, yeah, I like the Army, Navy and Air Force have teams and everything, but the Marine Corps silent drill platoon is the epitome of drill worldwide, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, uh, anyway, I enjoyed that a lot, and I wanted to carry that through. The platoon commander has a unique role in drill because uh, in each set, there are uh, what are called drill competitions. So, And I don't even know if everybody listening is familiar with drill, so let's go over it real quick. Break it um, down, baby. Right. So let me give like the most basic definition I can. So drill is the organized following of orders that are given by a unit leader. Discipline, baby. Discipline. Yeah. So you've probably seen it. If anybody's seen military movies, 
mentioned Full Metal Jacket. That's marching together in cadence, in step. That's flanking movements, turning at the same time, shifting positions with a rifle in hand. All of those things constitute drill. And there's unarmed drill, which is without rifles, and there's armed drill, which is with rifles. So each plebe at the beginning of plebe summer has issued a rifle, an M14, old M14 wooden stock rifles. They're unloaded, obviously, and the firing pins are removed, and most of them have a lead pipe drilled into the barrel. So they're inoperational, but um, they're used for drill, and they're treated with the same sort of like sacred seriousness that any of you ladies and gentlemen who've been to boot camp, it's the same thing. You don't lose your rifle. You take care of it. You keep it clean, and you treat it as a precious thing. So drill is pretty much a daily part of plebes lives. And it's, to me, it's a beautiful thing because it's one of the most important parts of that indoctrination and transformation process, because there are very few things at the Naval Academy that are more different from civilian life than drill. And there are a few things at the Naval Academy that's a more dramatic shift from anything you've done in your life before, because you're shoved into this environment with 40 people that you don't know and you're being yelled at by another group of people that you don't know and then you're shoved into one big group and told to get in a square and to face the same direction (laughs) and to stick your arms out to get the spacing and to stand in line kind of like you did when you were in kindergarten but now it's a lot more stressful but now it's serious Yeah. yeah now it's very serious But what it does is it teaches you so many things. It teaches you how to work as a team. It teaches you discipline, how to follow orders quickly and decisively. It teaches you confidence because, again, it's something so different from anything you've ever done. And if you give any serious effort at drill during plebe summer, you'll be excellent. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you become excellent at that. Really good. It's something so – and everybody, every – you know, if they're led right, like – an entire platoon of plebes can witness how much better they become at this one thing by the end of the summer. So I've talked about this a lot more than I talked about the leadership. So that's obviously one of the big reasons that attracted me to be platoon commander. Yeah. I talked so much from the plebes perspective about how amazing it is to like watch that transformation. But from the platoon commander's level, being able to stand in front of the plebes, issue confident orders and, train them and practice with them like a coach, you know, coaching is very important to me. So you're coaching them at the same time that you're giving them the orders and watching them follow through with the coaching that you're giving. It's a very rewarding experience. And so, like I said, there's a drill competition in first set and in second set. So I served as second set. So that was the second half of plebe summer. Our unique responsibility was taking the plebes from where first set had gotten them so at this point, they know how to wear their uniforms. They know how to carry out the routine of plebe summer. <laughs> now, more or less. <laughs> now, we're kind of completing that intro process, but preparing them. We're the ones who prepare them to enter the brigade of midshipmen. We're the detailers that have the responsibility of presenting them to the brigade. Yeah. Would you say that that was probably the best part of your job then, was getting to put those like final touches onto this group of plebes or or what would you say the best part about being a platoon commander was? I think overall, I was thinking about this today. I think, and just as background, I also did plebe summer as a second class. So I did two Mm -hmm. plebe summer details. The reason I did that and the reason I was passionate about plebe summer is because there is never another time at the Naval Academy where everything is, where everything matters so much and everything is taken so seriously. Like all, again, like the intangibles, the pride of being a midshipman, the pride of following standards, of adhering to standards, of really believing in the academy when everything's not cold and gray during the winter and whenever academics aren't involved. Um, it's just pure military. And I love that. It was the best time of year to me. And so just getting to train the plebes and watch them grow, I think was my favorite thing. And for some reason, like 40 was just a good number for yeah. me, like getting to that was a good size unit, again, to kind of be able to own and assist in transforming. Absolutely. And then, yeah, it's a very rewarding experience having worked as hard as we possibly could. Our entire staff was amazing for November Company, particularly 26th Platoon. Oh, yeah. I had no worries at all 
that our plebes didn't belong in 26 company in the academic year. And cause I knew that we'd done our job, yep. you know, so that was very rewarding to, for hello night, which is uh, the end of plebe summer, whenever we introduce the plebes to, to the yeah. brigade. And, and so I, I apologize. I don't want to cut in because it's so true. When you turn over the plebes to the brigade of midshipmen at reform and you go into the academic year, it's a source of pride. Right. Like yeah. when you when you turn over these people that are well trained and they know what they're doing, like it is a major source of pride for all the detailers to be like, yeah, like it was freaking difficult. We put in a lot of hours, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of emotion, but we succeeded and we accomplished yeah. our objective of making them ready for the academic year. And that that's a really good feeling. And that's why I think plebe summer detail at large, regardless of your role or responsibility, is so rewarding. Um, yeah. And so it really is cool. Let's push on here to uh, what do you think the uh, most challenging part of being a platoon commander was? And then with that, usually this kind of leads to what was the best leadership lesson you learned during your time as a platoon commander? I think I kind of have one thing that answers both questions. I think uh, I figured it out kind of early on, but one of the toughest things was learning when to back off because I wasn't a squad leader, Mm -hmm. you know, I was platoon commander and that means there was a very important part of the chain of command between me and the plebes. And so allowing the squad leaders to do their job, trusting them to do the job that was their responsibility, which was, again, I've already described it, but it's the most, whatever you want to say, like intimate level of leadership. Like they know everything about their 10 plebes. And then I had to, trust them. And there were times early on whenever it was difficult to trust, you know, whenever I wanted a particular plea to whenever I wanted to say very particular things to a specific plea, you know, because of a problem that was going on. But I knew I had to back away because even three or four days in those squad leaders knew their plebs way better than I did. And so if I was needed to talk to the plebs, then they would tell me. And that was something I established early on, you know, and that's what we have to do as leaders is, Whenever you're about to enter into a training environment, especially, you've got to talk to the subordinate leaders that are in your charge and tell them what you expect of them and then how you see your job and then ask them what they see your job to be, you know, and what they expect from you. So that was something I really tried to lay out was that I trusted them. I wasn't going to try and badger them about kind of a whole array of things. I was trusting them to come to me. Absolutely. So. So, yeah, I think that answers both your questions. You know, a big challenge, but also a big leadership lesson is that whenever you're in charge of subordinate leaders, you have to trust them. Absolutely. All right. We're going to move on to a little bit more fun uh, conversation here. We got a little uh, insight from people wanting to know, what, what do they think a little bit about the perks and then some of the tough or undesirable or less glamorous parts of our respective jobs? So I'm going to go first. As the regimental commander... The, per- the perks, goodness. The perks, oh, everything, geez. dude, everything. It was the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. All right, so check it out. Like, being a part of the regimental staff, like... Grant basically, I'll just summarize it. Grant basically had his own yacht. <laughs> I, basically had my, I basically yeah. had my own yacht. I wish I was kidding, but like... For real, so there's this thing called Wolverine, which is like the superintendent's yacht. Now, during Pleep Summer, there are multiple Wolverine, we call Wolverine cruises, which are like two hour like underwears we get on the yacht and they make a bunch of really awesome food. <laughs> and the, like the, the superintendent of the Naval Academy like hosts this party on his yacht. And so, like, oh, I got to do it like four times because there's like multiple ones throughout Pleep Summer. Because you Dude, bunch- I thought it was twice. You got to do it. Four times. It might have been twice. I might be exaggerating. I'm probably exaggerating. So yeah, it probably was twice. But like, I've avoided this whole time really talking (laughs) trash about the glories of having five stripes and being (laughs) cursed with only two. Oh man! But platoon commanders, we had a little bit too much work to be going out on boats in the middle of the day. Absolutely. Hey, schmooze, baby, schmooze. You want the real job description of regimental commander is schmooze. That's the number one. Yeah, excels in schmoozing well, with higher ranking. Well, pieces. yeah, so check this out. So we have, Stars, uh, during Plebe Summer, we have a ton of distinguished speakers come talk 
to the plebes. And as the regimental commander, it was my job to, one, meet them, greet them, and then introduce them to the brigade. So I got to have, like, full-on conversations with Nathan Fick, who's uh, author of the book One Bullet Away and is now the CEO of uh, a cybersecurity company called Endgame. And it's like, get to talk to him as someone in the cyber operations major and interested in the field. Like, talk about the, the perks of the job, like... By being the regimental commander, I got to like meet and talk to this guy. And then because of that, I got to actually have a one-on-one sit-down conversation with him later into the academic year because we built that relationship and that connection. So that was really cool. I also yeah. liked that I had the ability to go and witness all of Plebe Summer from all the different companies because you establish a culture within your own platoon and your own company that you get so used to that that it's almost refreshing to go see and witness how all of the other platoons and companies execute to still achieve the same objective of Plebe Summer, right? We talked about in the previous episode of Commander Renane about the purpose of Plebe Summer, but there are so many ways that you can go about actually getting to that point. And so to be able to see that and go witness how every platoon and company decided to execute that was really cool. So to get to see all of that, and introduce high-level speakers, and go on the soups yacht, Wolverine cruise, baby. <laughs> so many perks to being the regimental commander. Now, there were some less glamorous parts of the job. Specifically, when I talk about being the reg commander, like, again, you are responsible for everything that goes on in the regiment. So I kid you not, on the way back from sports period one day, the commandant was looking out of his window and saw a plebe pick a flower off one of the flower bushes in T-Court. <laughs> But he couldn't see who it was, but he was mad. But he didn't know who it was. So what happens was what I, I get thing. summoned to the, to the commandant's office and stand there at attention for like 15 minutes as he's screaming about me, about how my regiment has no discipline and like can't do anything right and that they have no respect for the yard and no respect for anything on there and they're picking all these flowers, right? Like – like dog, like literally one plebe decided to pick a flower and I'm the one getting screamed at. Right. But like, yeah. but here's the thing. That's what it's about. Like I, like I, the yeah. full scope I mean, and responsibility to civilians, I think, but it's, I mean, who else is, I don't know who else is he going to fuss at? You know, he's right. not going to go to the company level. Like that's not like you're the representative and that's for me to butt in just for a second. Yeah, like, please. Schmoozing and everything aside, like somebody's got to represent the brigade to, you know, notable people who come to speak. And that's not a bunch of nonsense or anything. Somebody's got to do it. And so you're going to pick somebody that's well-qualified and that can speak well and that can, not somebody like me. You know, I wasn't designed for like <laughs> Registaff. You know, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Train because please, I can talk baby. to thieves and I can talk to like O3s and enlisted and below. <laughs> like I don't go and have these like schmoozy conversations Somebody's got to do it. And uh, again, like you're the representative for the entire detail staff and the entire regiment. And so the commandant is going to fuss at you because mm -hmm. then you trickle it down to everybody. I don't remember being told to tell the plebes not to pick flowers, but I feel like <laughs> probably were, you know, but that's the kind of stuff, you know, one plebe does something and then Grant tells, you know, the Battalion commanders who tell the company commanders who tell us to tell the plebes to stop doing stupid stuff. Yep. Nah, absolutely. And then what's also interesting, it goes back to exactly how you answered your piece about what the most challenging thing about being platoon commander yeah. was. I had a feeling that was going to really – that was going to click with you too. Is dealing with staff who is not performing as expected. When we talk about holding – your peers accountable that is an extremely difficult thing to do right and when you're in that position where you have the five stripes like you have to be careful in how you do it because the last thing you want is people not being willing to be forthcoming and come talk to you when they have problems yeah. and so trying to find that balance of being approachable, being kind, but also being very firm and upholding the standard and then dealing with people on my staff when they were not performing as expected. Because here's the thing. I'm young for my grade and there are a ton of people that were prior enlisted or went to prep school or went to college for a year. So I'm sitting there as this 19-year-old kid 
like having stern conversations with 22, 23 year olds that are technically my peers and being like, you need to get your stuff together. Like that is not a fun conversation to have. And like, that is the thing that people don't see that are just the tremendous leadership opportunities and experiences that you get during plebe summer because in plebe summer, it's serious, right? Like there's no other way to put it besides like when you're in it, it's so real that like those conversations and those scenarios are real and they practice Uh real leadership. So, all right, we've gone for a while and we have provided so much value to everyone here. So Christian, thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking about all this. Um, I hope everyone learned a little bit about the plebe summer structure and organization. And I hope you continue to listen to Academy Insider to learn more about the Naval Academy. But before we go, last parting words, Christian Blanchard, from the perspective now of having been a detailer and a graduate of the Naval Academy, what would you tell Plebe Vermeer or Plebe Blanchard going into Plebe Summer? <laughs> I definitely tell tell them two very different things because I have a lot of choice for Blanchard. <laughs> I think, man, a lot of things are going through my mind. The first thing that kind of popped in is again, a little bit of a cliche, but it's to like take it seriously, but not too seriously. You know, I think particularly what I'd tell Blanchard is to look to Grant to learn how to like look out for others, you know, to learn how to think outside yourself a little bit, you know, cause I know we kind of both did that, but at least Grant was the one who kind of did it for me multiple times throughout plebe summer, setting an example for me and other people in our, our class too. It's really easy to get bogged down and to only think about yourself and to only think about how difficult it is. And so from Grant's perspective, I know he had that experience too. And so maybe from his perspective, he didn't help a lot of other people, you know, because (laughs) it's a very, it can be a very internalized experience and it shouldn't be, you know? So I think it's not a competition, you know, the way that you excel during plebe summer is learning how to is that it's not about you. There it is. I finally worked. Oh, dude, it's mentor. My big mentor was captain green. And that was one of the three things he said in any given conversation was that it's not about you. And that is such an important lesson in all of life. Everything from being a plebe through being a detailer to being a graduate to, you know, getting married soon, you know, none of that is or was about me. And that shifts your perspective. It makes you think about others first and makes you realize that that's truly what it's about. When everybody does that, you can't, you can't beat a team like that. You know, when everybody is deciding that it's about everybody else, you know, that's a tight team. I'm so glad that you said that because that's like my number one overarching advice. When people are like, how do I do well during plebe summer? Like, how can I be good during plebe summer? If you want to be good during plebe summer, be an elite teammate, be the ideal teammate. If you can be a fantastic teammate and you realize that it's not about you and that it's about the success of the squad and the platoon and the company and you're willing to help others and you think of yourself less often than you do about the people next to you, that's how you're great during Pleep Summer. If you are an ideal teammate, oh, 100%. Because, you know, maybe a lot of plebs go into Pleep Summer and and it's not always this kind of like really selfish sounding thing, but you, everybody wants to like excel and seem good from the detailers perspectives. You know, nobody wants to like be hated by the detailers, but if you focus on that, obviously you're only thinking about yourself and you're, you're on excelling. But whenever you decide that it's not about you, you do excel in front of the detailers for the right reasons, you know, And you form tight knits with your classmates without trying to actively like be cool and be a friend or something. You just act selflessly and those relationships manifest themselves naturally. You know, you build confidence because you're doing good things constantly. And so it's a cycle that continues to feed itself. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's so absolutely to Blanchard, to Vermeer, to everybody. It's not about you. It's just not about you. That's good stuff. Hey, Christian. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, sir. Man. I love talking to you. I'm so glad that we get this opportunity to share our stories and provide provide a little feedback and provide a little insight and provide a little advice for people about to come through. So 
yeah. it means the world to continue this relationship. Thank you so much for coming on. And for everyone listening, take care. I hope you all have a great day and hope you continue to listen to Academy Insider. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Academy Insider Podcast with Christian Blanchard. Please leave me a review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you want to know more about Plebe Summer, check out my online video course in which I go over in detail about how someone should prepare for Plebe Summer physically, mentally, emotionally, and logistically. You can find that and articles about Plebe Summer on my webpage, www.academyinsider.com. For any links that we discussed in the show, they're all listed in the show notes. I'll provide a ton of resources and links so you guys can put some visuals to what I'm talking about in this podcast, and I hope this was extremely helpful. Again, I'm Grant Vermeer, your Academy Insider, and thank you so much for letting me be your guide to the Naval Academy.